0: I'm just going to say it. I don't know why it's hard for me to talk real with you, but it is. And all we ever do is talk weather and sports and sports and weather, and that's it. I don't know. What I really want to say is I'm thankful for how you loved me growing up, and you always made time for me. And I love you. Happy Father's Day. That was really good. You think?
1: Yeah, you need to tighten it up a little bit, but other than that,
0: you're ready. Okay, Thanks, Uncle Ron. Here goes. Dad. Son. Looks like the uh, clouds are rolling in. Yeah, hope they don't postpone the game tonight. Listen, Dad. I wanted to—I wanted to say something to you. Okay. Just—I just want to thank of you for well, thank you for being, you know, a, a dad. Not—not not just a dad. You know, being for being one that's mine, and not well, of course, not just mine. You're Jessica and Jordan's dad too, but it's—it's it's cool. Matthew. I, I, yes, sir. I know. Dad, I, I don't think you do know. No, per- oh, no, I know. I heard you talking on the wrong I was sitting just four feet from you. Well, I meant it.
1: Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campus over in Stevens Point joins with us. Everybody else is still online, all of you here, and all the people who watch us all around the world on the Internet. Let's just write together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you here this morning. Wow. A lot of people here this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I say most people are getting past their fears, real or imagined, their fears and their concerns. Yet, still, a lot of people still watching at home. We're glad that you are watching at home with us. And uh, good to have you uh, joining with us. Our Appleton campus is still in transition. We did, uh, just this week, hire a new pastor for our Appleton campus. So, we will be introducing him to you in the weeks to come. And uh, we're looking forward to a new start for all of those guys down there. Uh, we want to take a moment to uh, take our offering. We're still doing this offering largely uh, uh, online, um, by recurring giving, other, other things that you can do. Those of you who are watching on the internet, and by the way, if you're watching on Facebook, let me encourage you. We're trying to push as many people as we can over to our actual website. And looking at the numbers, I think more and more people are going over there. Uh, you can interact more with us at our actual uh, streaming service off of our site at celebrationchurch.tv. And, and there you can interact with an actual campus pastor who's there uh, during the service, answering any questions, prayer requests that you might have, that sort of thing. Also easier to interact. For example, right now there's a button that says give. <laughs> easier to do that way. So uh, if you would do that, we would appreciate it. Or lots of you can give by texting. Even a lot of you watching here at Stevens Point in our services can give by texting. Just take out your little phone, a little glowing device that hypnotizes you all day long. And send a message to, this is the number, 77977. That's the message you're going to send, the number two. Seven seven nine seven seven, and in the message part, put CCWI stands for Celebration Church Wisconsin. CCWI, and then the amount 70000 dollars. Anything in there that you would like to, and then give. (laughs) That would be awesome. Uh, So uh, you can do that right now. And those of you who are here uh, can give by check or whatever, if you'd like, on the way out. We're still doing that on the way out, but I think pretty soon we'll be handing buckets around again. So praise the Lord for the buckets. All righty then. Well, today's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. All the dads here. Glad you're with us. This morning I have a sermon entitled, Great Moments in Mandom. Which is a word I made up. It's the kingdom of men. I call it mandom. And uh, and we're going to celebrate that as quickly as I can, because men like short sermons. Here we go. Genesis the sixth chapter verse 11. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am tired of all of it. I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth was filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both of them and the earth, both them and the earth. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to make yourself an ark. This is Noah and the ark, right? An ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. And, you know, the rest of the story, he builds this gigantic ark uh, that withstood this incredible flood. Now, the Bible doesn't say how long it took Noah to build the ark, but many Bible scholars say it's probably between 40 to 75 years took him to build that thing. First of all, it's one big yo mama boat. Secondly, probably nobody but his sons are helping him. This thing's massive. They don't have power tools. Praise the Lord for power tools. All the men said, Amen. Yeah, I was a man this weekend. I was using some power tools. I've been doing stuff all week that would take me 300 years to do. I could do it in three minutes. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Well, he didn't have any of that. Cutting down the trees. Thank God for chainsaws. As long as you're not cutting off your leg. And uh, cutting down, that's, that's, I've been doing that this week as well. They didn't have chainsaws. e, 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 e. Holy cow, that's a lot of wood. I don't know where they got those trees, but they did all this work, took him 75 years. Why is this a great moment in mandom? Because Noah stuck to it. He's a man with patience. Now, there's one thing that people have little of today. It is patience. And let me speak to you men this morning. You know, I kind of get a kick out of talking to some of you guys, you know, in your 30s and 40s, which... I got underwear older than that. But, uh, you know, I know you're frustrated. You're working hard and trying to save and get ready for, you know, retirement and all these kind of things. And I'm not speaking of anybody in particular. I've had several conversations with guys. I'm talking about guys in general. A lot of guys struggle with this thing. And I just think, dude, relax. You're stressed out in your 30s and 40s with this stuff. Good night. Relax stressing out to no end, trying to do all this stuff, getting obsessed, don't do that. Be patient. It takes a while to pull your life together. And all the old people said, amen, Amen. praise God. It just takes a while to get the hang of things. Don't panic and freak out, because at 41 years old, you don't have everything together yet. I didn't even know what I was doing at 41. (laughs) Just relax, have some patience, stick to it. You be fail. Well, so I want to retire when I'm 49. Really? I'd like to have retired when I was 21. But you know, we always get what we want. Besides, just enjoy your life and quit being quit worrying about stuff that's sometimes decades off. Jesus told us not to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, some of you guys worrying about stuff. 10, 20, 30 years from now, check your medication and relax. Be patient. So you have no idea what's going to happen in 10, 30 years from now. You know what's going to happen. You all got your five-year plan. You know what's going to happen day after tomorrow. Thank you for all that amen. So Noah's stuck with it. Great moment in mandem. Here's another moment in mandom. In Genesis chapter 39 verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. <laughs> when it says the Lord was with Joseph, I don't think Joseph really quite got that because <laughs> it didn't seem like it. Joseph's life was one miserable experience, one after another. First of all, his brothers tried to kill him. Then they decide not to kill him and sell him off as a slave. Gets himself in trouble as a slave, which we're going to read about here and make a stone in a prison for years, dungeons. For years, the Bible keeps saying the Lord is with Joseph. If I'm Joseph, I say, where's the Lord? <laughs> I don't see any Lord anywhere. And then in one day, he gets up in the morning. He's a prisoner in the dungeon. They pull him out of the dungeon. By that evening, he's the second most powerful and richest man in the world. God can turn things around in your life quick. There's another point about be patient, for heaven's sakes. Anyway, Joseph was, had just been sold off into slavery. Says, the Lord was with Joseph and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. This is the guy that bought him. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that he, the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household. That's one thing about Joseph. Even in the miserable situation he's at, he kept rising to the top. Just kept rising to the top. He's a slave. He became the top slave. When he got in prison, he became the top prisoner. People say, you Christians are scum. That's right. We float to the top. Praise the Lord. Amen. All you scummy people out there. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Verse 5. From that time on, he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned. The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in his house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. (laughs) It was a good life. Now, Joseph was well built and handsome. I can relate. Praise the Lord. (laughs) He was a good looking boy. He's like a good looking Latino pool boy. He was hot stuff. After a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph. Man, check out that boy. She says to him, hey, come to bed with me. But he refused, with me in charge. My pastor does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he's entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, chico. He refused to go to bed with her. Or even to be with her. Well, one day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants were inside. And she caught him by the cloak, "Come here, come to bed with me." But he left the cloak in her hand and ran from his house. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, is this a great moment in Mandum? because Joseph ran from it. By the way, boys, don't reason with sin. Just get away from it. You start to have, yes, just don't try to think it through. Oh, I need counseling. I need accountability partner. Just get away from that stuff. You have inappropriate feelings with some woman, don't try and figure it out. Run. And by the way, you start caring about some woman that's not your wife, you're in a bad place. That's how you know you're in the Bible. because all of a sudden you start caring. Man, don't be caring. She ain't none of your business. Say, well, she needs some help from the Lord. Well, let the Lord deal with it. <laughs> Tell your wife to deal with it. You got no business doing that stuff. You have inappropriate feelings? Run! Just get away. Man, there's been greater men than you and me put together that's been sucked down this rabbit hole. It'll destroy your life and ruin you. Don't try to figure it out. Just Get away from it! Some of you guys struggling with computers and smartphones, man. If you can't keep it together, looking at inappropriate stuff, get rid of those things. Well, I I, I need a computer for work. No, you don't. You just print stuff out. <laughs> Doesn't mean I have a porn problem. I'm just I just said, I just. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I, just, I got tired of the stupid iPad. You know why the iPad irritates the snot out of me? Those of you who use these things. So, I type up on my computer my sermon and I would transfer it to the iPad. Well, they constantly have software updates that whatever button you push to do it now is different. And they usually do it Saturday night. I'm trying to be crazy. I'm just like going, what button is it now? And I'm like, bowling. What? This why I have no hair. <laughs> the last time they did it, I said, I'm done with this. I started using paper in. which can still get me in trouble because I forgot some of the paper last week. <laughs> anyway. You can't handle the computers, man. Oh, well, it's my job. Then get a different job. For heaven's sakes. First of all, control yourself. They won't have this problem. Look at stuff you shouldn't be looking at. I tell you, you're going to pay a price, dude. Talk to diff- uh, divorce attorneys today, one of the main reasons, if not the number one reason for divorces today, men and their stupid computers. God, I'm looking at inappropriate stuff and a girl just, they're not going to put up with it. It's highly insulting to a woman for you doing that. Amen. Hey man. Looking at stuff for heaven's sakes. Uh, I got my phone. Get a flip phone. Right? Captain Kirk had one. <laughs> Beat me up, Scotty! Get me out of here! Timothy, Second Timothy, Second Chapter, Verses 22, two, 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 2. Paul says this: "Flee youthful lust. Don't reason with it. Don't figure it. I just get away from it." Well, I need it for my job. You know, get a different job. I'm serious. If you're having this problem, you need to stop. Jesus said. If your eyes get into you in trouble, pluck it out. He says, better for you to go blind than to lose your soul. I'm not kidding you. This is going to cost you. If you can't get a grip, get rid of that stuff. Great moment in manum. Noah stuck with it. Joseph ran from it. Next story. <laughs> Samuel, the 17th chapter. Now the Philistines gathered their forces. you. was talking about this. Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soca and Judah. They pitched a camp at Ephes Damim between Soca and Azekah, just outside of Cribbets. <laughs> Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill. The Israelites followed on the other with a valley between them. While well, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, which is south of Madison, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. This is one big yo mama dude. And I think they were smaller back then, you know, in fact, if you ever, some of you history buffs, you go look at civil war, things like that. You ever notice the, how small the outfits are? These guys, I mean, we're a lot taller today than probably because we're living longer. But thousands of years ago, how big were these cats? This dude's nine feet tall. Looked like the Sears Tower walking out in that field. Man alive. He had a bronze helmet. You ever pick up bronze? This is not aluminum. A bronze helmet on his head, and he wore a coat scale armor of bronze. On his leg, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin. This dude was bronzed out to the max. That stuff was heavy. I feel sorry for whoever his armor bearer was. Carry that stuff around. Jump to verse ten. Then the Philistine said, "This is this is Goliath." He said, "This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other." On hearing this Philistine words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Well, jump ahead to verse twenty-five. David said to the Philistine, "You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the uh, armies of Israel, whom you have defied." See, he finally talked to these guys and let him go fight. because nobody else wanted to fight him. And he's, you know, they don't know how old he is, 16, 17 years old, punk kid, man. But he had, he had some cojones and he said, I'll fight him. And he comes out there and he says, this day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today, I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. In other words, He's talking smack. All the Israelites are saying, "Dude, don't make him mad." <laughs> Shh, I want to tone that down a little bit. But He's going, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. "I'll cut your head off. Birds are going to eat you up." And the phil- Philistines furious at this point. He said, what am I, a dog that you'd send this punk kid to me? As the Philistine moved closer to the to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Is this kid insane? The Philistine's coming. David goes running at him. This guy has cajonies of steel. He's running all years, clackity, 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 clackety. clackety, clackety, clackety. <laughs> He's running right at him. And reaching into his bag, he took out a stone and slant struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down to the ground. You say, well, he killed him with the rock. No, no, he did not. You got to read the rest of the story. He just knocks him out. Then he gets on top of this gigantic guy, pulls out his sword. That had to be a heavy sword. And he cuts off the guy's head. And I mean, if you're, the Israelites, it was like at a Packer game. Something happens, you go, what happened? What happened? You got to look at the big screen. But they didn't have instant replay. <laughs> he fell down. Why did he fall down? He's just... No, I don't know what happened. He's, he's standing on top. And what's he doing? What's he doing? And then David holds up the guy's head. And the, Phil- the, the Israelites go, "Woo!" And the Philistines go, ah! <laughs> and they chase him. And they destroy this army. It's a great moment in mandom. Noah stuck with it. Joseph ran from it, but David fought for it. Life is not easy. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for a man to say that, but life, life is not easy. <laughs> Wisconsin, where the men are men and the women are stronger than the men. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, they're going nuts. <laughs> Life is hard, man. You got to work at stuff. Fight for stuff. Some of y'all need to, I, I preach about this a couple weeks ago. Some of y'all need to get mad. Start fighting for stuff. Fighting for what? Fighting for your kids. Fighting for your marriage. Some of y'all need a good, f- fancy fight. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of of y'all don't like conflict. You don't like fighting. Here's the problem. God bless all the peace natured people here. Thank God the world has some in it. But here's the problem with peace natured people. They're always avoiding conflict. And in the end, they don't have what? Peace. You will never get what you want if you're always running from conflict. Sometimes you need a good come to Jesus moment. encourage her. These these people think we're Pentecostals in this place. Anyway, freaking all the Catholics and Lutherans visiting this morning. Hey man, we've been quarantined for months. We're just glad to get out of the house. We're we're a little louder than normal this morning. Noah stuck with it. Joseph ran from it. David fought for it. Next story. Daniel, the third chapter, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Looking for a name for your baby? Don't pick one of these. They replied, King Nebuchadnezzar. The king was trying to get him to bow down and worship some idol. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hands. But even if he doesn't, I love that. Even as a lot of us, we're kind of conditional in our love for God. As long as God answers our prayers, we'll stick in there. As long as things go well, we'll stick in there. Also, of a sudden, you don't get something answered. Things are going bad, man. You just give up on your faith. No, 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 no. Said so even God doesn't do it. God doesn't show up. We want you to know your majesty. We will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. No matter what the cost, they were going to do the right thing. And they just stood up and said no. I don't care what's going to happen. The answer is no. We're not going to worship your stupid idol. We will not bend. We will not bow. We will not kowtow. Amen. Amen. From a state full of cows. Noah stuck with it. Joseph ran from it. David fought for it. The Hebrew men said no to it. These are manly men. Then we read of the greatest moment in Manda. Luke, the 23rd chapter. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him, along with the criminals. One on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Amazing moment. Jesus dying on the cross for all of us. Romans, the fifth chapter, verse eight. We quoted this last week. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners... Christ died first. He didn't wait for us to get right. Life is well. I'll get right first. I'll get right. No, 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 no. You come as you are. You come as you are. Whatever messed up state you're in, and you throw yourself at the mercy of the cross, and Jesus washes away your sins. Noah stuck with it. Joseph ran from it. David fought for it. The Hebrew men said no to it, but Jesus died for it. Amen. Amen. All right. All right, my rowdy sermon is over. I said it'd be short, and all the men said, amen. amen. Let's, uh, let's go into our time of communion. We're going to celebrate this, amen, little one. He, we're we're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus did die for us. He died on the cross. We're going to take communion together, celebrating the fact that his body was broken so that we could be whole. His blood was shed so we could have forgiveness of sins. The musicians are probably totally unaware that I'm done. All right, here they come. Give them a hand as they come out. <laughs> oh man. The Bible tells us as we do, this is a special moment that we do every Sunday. We celebrate the body and the blood of Christ, the sacrifice for us on that cross that Jesus died for us, that we could have life. He gave up his life so we could have eternal life. And that's what we celebrate now. And the Bible encourages us whenever you do this, stop for a minute, examine yourself. How you been doing this week? you doing okay. You're struggling? You fail in some of the areas I've been talking about. Your life's full of fear and frustration. You're ready to give up doing things you shouldn't do, say things you shouldn't say, thinking stuff you shouldn't think. Well, let's make it right. Let's pause for a minute. Let's all bow our heads together and I'm going to pray a prayer of forgiveness over all of us. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning and in obedience to your scriptures, we pause to examine ourselves. If we have sinned against you in thought, word, or deed by what we've done, by what we've left undone, If we haven't loved you with our whole heart, if we've not loved our neighbors as ourselves, for the sake of your beloved son, Jesus, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, have mercy on us. Forgive us of all our sins. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. And as the heads are still bowed, people in an attitude of prayer maybe here this morning. You say, man, I I know what y'all are so happy about. (laughs) But This is what we're so happy about. This is why we sing. This is why we, whether you're watching us online or campus over at Stevens Point, maybe you're hearing this stuff for the first time. And my question to you is, have you ever truly asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Why don't you just take a moment right now in your own words, ask him to forgive you. Ask him to come into your heart and into your life to give you a new start. Give you something you can start celebrating. In the midst of all the crazy in the world that we have today, there's still joy to be found at the foot of the cross.